4: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. We are going to do some forward-looking analysis towards what the NBA might look like when they return here in our first segment today. We're starting to get some positive news uh, in other countries. So, you know, we have in Germany on May 9th, professional soccer is going to start up. We think that, uh, you know, maybe by the end of May, we are going to have... Baseball in Korea. So I'm starting to think that there is some chance that we get some fanless games back here in uh, in 2020. And you were the one that, uh, you know, sort of advanced this as an idea. What are are we thinking the NBA might look like when we come back in
5: 2020? Well, my thinking is we're, we're unlikely to see more regular season games. Um, I, I, my thing is, they're just going to go straight into a, into some type uh, of, of playoff. Um, whether it's fair for teams that are like right on the bubble or not, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough either way. But I think we're going to see a playoff. Um, how that looks like, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Um, my guess is if they can if they can start by the summer, they can play a full playoff. Um, no single elim- elimination needed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if they start, you know, closer to the fall, then things start to get really tricky because that can coincide with the start of the NBA season for 2021. Um, so things can get tricky in that direction. Um, either way, I would really like to see a single elimination round uh, in the NBA playoffs. I it, it hasn't happened. Um, and obviously, the NBA doesn't have a wild card, per se, like uh, that the MLB does and the NFL does. Um, s- same with the NHL, too, but they just don't have single elimination games. And I think it would be a fantastic idea to add that and say, you know, the first round. Um, I guess it just wouldn't be fair um, to the higher seeded teams if all of a sudden they have to play a single elimination game. Say, for example, you know, the Pelicans against the Lakers. And whoever wins that one game goes to the next round. But like realistically, anything can happen in one in a one game scenario, and that's what would make it so much fun. I don't think we see it, but I think it's a great idea.
4: What do you think about the potential single elimination tournament, Ricky?
6: I'm not a fan. I think if you could start playing, I think you just go with the typical format, which is the two-two-one-one-one, where the the higher seed gets, you know, the four home games. I think if you could play basketball, you play basketball. Uh, I mean, I don't understand what the single elimination would be put in there for. I guess to reduce the number of games and risk of you know infection with COVID would be my only guess of why you would do that. But if you're risking it, I mean, I think you risk it and you just keep a close eye on the players and their movement during the playoffs. And then once the playoffs are over, you let them do their thing. So I think if you're going to play this, you play it out the way it was intended to be, which is actually what I think is a great format. It's just a matter of who wins this with the long layoff. I think... My opinion would change depending on how many regular season games they would play before we went straight into the playoffs because I was a big Clippers believer, but I thought they needed more time to kind of have the lineups that they would be using in the playoffs match. There wasn't a whole lot of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy playing alongside one another. So If we went to, like, a shorter format and we didn't have much more regular season, all of a sudden my, like, complete love for the Clippers and thought that, you know, they would be the best team in this, I think that might change because they just haven't had enough time for chemistry.
4: Well, I will – I'll give you a spoiler, which is that there is a a 0% chance of seven-game series. You know, that's going to take – you know, mm-hmm. that is gonna take two or three months. There just is there's not really any way that that is gonna happen. So I mean I guess if they did that, what would happen is is they would just write off the twenty twenty one season because they're just there just is yep. not there's not enough time to get all of those things in. I think probably and and you know, the the home court advantage and stuff, that's not gonna come into play near as much because they're all gonna play in one location. Right. Every pretty much every proposal we've seen for NHL uh, MLB, NBA, for them to start playing soon. Uh, you know, it's it's all really been these guys are gonna play in and maybe one or two locations. So I I think it seems like the most likely format is teams get maybe like five regular season games to tune up, practice, scrimmage, and then we come back for maybe three game series, maybe five game series. I don't think though, Pacheco, that a tournament is out of question. It might be done like um, like the Champions League, where you have a group stage and you play everyone in your group twice, and then you move to double elimination, or or you know you play best of two and then cumulative score wins or something like that. I I think that of all the American professional leagues, the NBA is most likely to get creative to solutions for this.
5: I, I absolutely agree. We know the NHL has never been a progressive league. MLB they. They, they haven't changed rules in like 100 years. I mean, th- these people are just like complete olds. So if there's a league to do it, it's it's absolutely the NBA. Um, to play devil's advocate with you, uh, Ricky, I think the, what you said with the Clippers makes a lot of sense. But uh, one of the things that, that might be a little bit understated here is like the rest aspect. Paul George was hurt the entire season. And... You know, a couple months off would really do that dude a a lot of good. I mean, just in general, that team wasn't very healthy uh, during the regular season. So rest would be a really big thing for a team like that, for a team like the Lakers, uh, who had been dealing with, you know, some minor injuries to LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think the rest aspect really benefits these veteran teams, the the older teams uh, in the league. Um, I, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that.
6: Yeah, I mean, that certainly comes into play when, you know, for the Clippers. But I just think that, you know, it was more a chemistry issue as we were starting to get a a healthy Paul George as they came, uh, you know, down the stretch anyways. So I think we were about to see him because of the way they had been load managing both him and Kawhi Leonard. Like, obviously, you know, two months of rest versus load management. He's going to be healthier on this side. Yeah. But because they don't have the experience to play together. You have a Milwaukee Bucks team that was just excellent, has been excellent going on two years, and they have a lot more experience playing alongside each other. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be healthy as well. I mean, it's just because guys have been sitting out doesn't mean that other teams haven't been dealing with guys playing through injuries that they don't tell you about. So I think it's basically an even playing field for everyone. Sure the major injuries are going to heal and that'll be good news for the Clippers who, you know, Paul George was dealing with that shoulder surgery, but you don't know about the bumps and bruises for other players. We know about it for Anthony Davis, but you know, the Bucks guys could have been dealing with that and now a few months off and they're just a team that knows how to play with each other. So Yes, I agree with you in a sense, but I don't think it's like a gigantic advantage for the Clippers specifically, even though they did have a guy coming off a major injury.
4: Well, I think, uh, you know, another pretty big part of this is that, uh, you know, I think these games are really going to be played over like a short span. You know, I think that. We're going to have, you know, play in playoff games, they never have back-to-backs. I think it's pretty unrealistic to think that any plan that includes a 2021 season happening would not include playoff games with back-to-backs. Maybe even, I mean, it is not, it is not, uh, you know, out of the, the range of outcomes that they would have, you know, some sort of, like, AAU schedule where teams are even playing, like, multiple games in a day. I think they will consider all of these options, and to me, Ricky, I think that would suggest that, younger teams you know guys who who don't have these chronic issues i actually think are going to be at like a huge huge advantage compared to you know the lakers with the Braun and ad the clippers with Kawhi's you know chronic knee problems i i think that um actually the bucks with their like really young rotation you know Giannis, i, I think Giannis is 24 maybe 25 um like i i just think i think the bucks set up really well in any sort of really condensed format
6: yeah, I was debating whether or not I felt that helped Houston because they have guys that are used to playing just such ridiculous minutes. James Harden, Russell Westbrook—they're guys that have been conditioned to play upwards of thirty-six minutes a game. Um, but if you had to play multiple games in a day, I think that would really hurt that. That would help. That would hurt the Lakers who have guys who play those massive minutes. But the Bucs, because they're such a good team, and we expect them to you know pull away at, at certain points during the playoffs. Uh, we, they've shown over the course of the year that they're not afraid to play Giannis like 31 minutes a night. So if you got to play him, you know, two games in a day versus having to play Harden at least 70 minutes in two games in a day, I agree. I think their younger core sets up nicely. And I actually think if that proved to be the format, like a sleeper team would be Boston with their young core. I mean, basically everyone in their core is young. Kemba's slightly older than the bunch, but Tatum, Jalen Brown, the guys who could carry you – uh, I actually think that would be a decent little boost for them. And looking at these odds, like that's not really baked into it. You got the Boston Celtics at 20 to one. And while I don't think they're one of the best five teams in the NBA right now, I do think they're they're well suited to play a ton of games in a short period. And that would only, you know, boost their odds in my eyes. And, and we just don't see that with these odds.
4: Yeah, uh, Pacheco, I, I got to agree. Your, your Boston Celtics, I think, would be like, the fourth or fifth best team in a scenario where, you know, it's, it's three game series. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like, it's, you know, it would be a a three game series and you play the games back to back to back, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then maybe you get, maybe you get one day, maybe you get one day of rest and then you start the next series. Like my guess is, is that they probably would like to get this done in a month. If they could get if they could wipe out the rest of the 2020 season in a month, I think that the NBA and I think that um the play I even think the players would sign off on this because it means that mm-hmm. they're going to get paid in full. They're going to be able to have their 2021 contracts, you know, right. uh pay it. And and I I just I think that that's definitely what they want.
5: Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. I I do agree uh with with boston not just being a homer but I, I think they would be well suited in in a, a playoff round playoff rounds uh like that um at, at 20 to 1 i do like that bet for them to win the championship in fact when i uh, wrote a, a sports read article um like a, a month and a half ago or so um I, I thought the celtics did have a realistic shot back then and at that point kemba uh, was was pretty hurt, um, and and, I, and we didn't know if it was a serious thing or not. But um, it seemed like he was trying to play through it, and then you know he he got even more hurt. Brad Stevens, you know, said that enough. Uh, he got sat for for some games. Uh, this rest would would really do him a lot of good. So. I think the Celtics at 20 to 20 to 1 would be positioned well. Um, I, maybe we we leave this off for, for the next segment. Um, but there, there's other teams in here that are not like the top three favorites that are that are I think are are really is- interesting. I, I don't know if the Rockets would be you know well positioned in the playoffs because they just they don't have a big now. Um, if you guys remember they traded Clint Capella in the in the in within the middle of the season. And uh, PJ Tucker is their center, so like I don't know how that would work in the playoffs, but um, you know Harden and Westbrook uh, historically in the playoffs haven't done uh, very well either. So I think they're a really interesting team because at thirteen to one, they are the fourth highest favorite on the board.
4: Yeah, I uh, you know I think that that one is pretty reasonable. You know, also while we're we're sitting here thinking about what basketball might be like. I would imagine that you know these non-playoff teams—they're going to want to get in on some of this revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't a losers bracket be so good? Like oh, the yes. like the like the inverse. So like you have you know you have the top 16 teams, and then I guess mm-hmm. it would be the bottom 14 teams. And we get sure. you know we get the, you know we get the Hornets versus the Grizzlies in the final, maybe or something like that. Would be like just just watching the losers bracket. I think would be amazing. There also is the other question, Ricky, of. You know the the NBA draft is going to be scheduled in the middle of whenever this happens. What I mean, what are they going to do for draft order? What are they going to do for these picks? Like I like I have no idea what the league has planned for the draft.
6: First of all, I'm all in for an NBA nit. Having, you know, had to suffer through the bad years of the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, there was at least some mild joy in the fact that they were going to compete in the NIT and you could watch a few more games of them because that would be it for the year. Uh, So I could safely say the same thing for my Chicago Bulls, that even if the games basically mean nothing, I still would watch them as opposed to anything else that was on because I... I do like to see, you know, where the franchise is going, how these guys are developing. And there are a bunch of young players there. And I, I think a lot of people feel the same way. As for the NBA draft order, I think they should just do it based on records now. Like, I mean, the the long layoff, I don't think is, is fair to anyone else. And no one expected this. So it's not like anyone was intentionally tanking. It's not like anyone was doing anything that you know was misleading so I think you just look at the NBA standings now and you go from there and just say you know what you know even if there are five more regular season games played like we're just not even going to count those towards the draft and when it comes draft time how you guys perform to this point that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna do this And I think that's the most fair way to do it just because there was no warning for anyone
4: I mean, what uh, as as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I actually uh, I don't particularly love the idea of things just settling <laughs> as it is now because they way overperformed the Clippers. Yeah. All I mean, the Clippers also are just you know crushing. So neither of those things are particularly good for the Thunder. I imagine though that uh some smart like Pelicans fans, as they are currently on the outside looking in, they would mm-hmm. theoretically get a couple of lottery balls. Um, I think that uh, you know I think that possibility exists, you know, they'd be happy. But Ricky, do you remember when it was uh proposed that the NBA would be doing the circle? So basically your draft odds would be planned out for the next 30 years. do you do you remember this rumor, Zach Lowe, not even a rumor. it was a it was a legit, proposal from the nba office where basically for the next um you know the next 30 years your draft position would be locked in and it would essentially be random you know between one and five and ten and and it was just sort of a a random distribution this would be the time for them to implement it because it's it's basically fair for everybody
6: I hadn't heard of it, but I'm also not a huge fan of it. Like, I think yeah. there should be some merit. Uh, if you're a bad team, you should get a top pick. I just don't think it should go strictly by record. So you you make sure teams don't straight up tank. I like the lottery system as it is. I I think it's obviously a clever idea in thought, but in practice, I would rather see the bad teams get good.
4: Yeah, uh, I I like, I, well, so I I don't mind tanking. But the NBA hates tanking. they they do not want teams to openly be, you know, not signing veterans, cutting productive players, trading away assets for less than they're worth just because they're not worth anything to a losing team. And I have not heard, uh, I've not heard, anyone mention that that bringing this idea back but it would not surprise me if right now in the nba office you know that they were chatting about it and i think that this is true for the nfl this should be true for baseball you know they all are having you know we're about to the the nfl draft is ongoing as we're talking right now the mlb draft is coming up i believe that's generally in late june there's there's a lot of different leagues right now they're having to think about their draft and think about the interaction between college and professional sports and you know I think that we are going to get some pretty creative solutions to those problems so we are going to go ahead and head into break now here on the Daily Roto Hour at Sports Grid TV Uh, when we come back we are going to continue our discussions on uh, you know just all of this wonderful stuff that we have going on and to think about we see you guys in a few minutes
7: DailyRoto.com
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrade TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. When we left you guys, we were uh, thinking about maybe a potential way to solve tanking in the NBA. And, uh, Pacheco, you think that you might have an answer for this?
5: I think I have an answer for this, of course. I don't think that it is going to happen or that it is likely to happen. But, and, and, and also, it's it's more of a have all the bad teams say like the top 10 to 12 teams in the NBA play a little tournament. Uh, whereas, you know, the other half, uh, it's, it's like they're going to the playoff and I, I don't know how you, um, order their seating. Maybe it's, you know, whoever, whoever wins those games, um, gets the higher seed or whatnot, but follow me here. So I think that the bottom 10 to 12 teams in the NBA, should be put into a little tournament uh, where whoever wins that tournament, and I don't know how long you make that tournament, but whoever wins it gets the top pick in the NBA draft. And I think it solves the problem of of in-season tanking, which in the NBA, it has become a legitimate thing. Like tanking to the point where coaches are in on it, and they see that they're winning, and they sub out their best players with, like, five minutes to go. Like, Rick Carlisle has done this for Dallas in the past. Winning a game, sub out their players with five minutes to go and put put in the reserves. Like, it was pretty obvious what was happening. And I personally, and I'm not a fan of that because it just, it kind of destroys, not, not just the integrity of the game, but... The experience of watching an NBA game, it, it, it just kind of doesn't do it for me when you do that. So I, I really am a big believer that the NBA is going to do something about this. I don't know what it is, but I think uh, doing uh, an after the season tournament um, pretty much tells the teams, hey, you can't really tank during the season because whatever your record is, uh, it's it's not going to be relevant. You're going to have to play for your picks.
4: I mean I love I love the idea of a tournament for picks. I think I mean it incentivizes bad teams to hold on to veterans. I and I bet yeah. you know the biggest obstacle to a lot of this stuff is going to be uh you know the the players association. The players association mm-hmm. signs up for this for sure. Ricky, what do you think about the the tournament idea?
6: I don't think it's a bad idea, but are the players really going to be motivated to get themselves a teammate? Like what if... Like is like Iron Williamson? Well, let's put it this way. The, let's say the number one pick, let's say we're assuming it's James Weissman next year, who's a center. But it's, it's probably not. He's probably the number two pick. But let's just assume for a second James Weissman is that guy. If you are the Cleveland Cavaliers and you're Andre Drummond or you're Tristan Thompson, are you really going to be giving your all to try and land a James Weissman for your team? Like you're you're then playing for your replacement to come take your job. And I just think that's gonna demotivate players as opposed to motivate them. And there's one thing that you said, Pacheco, that I wanna disagree with, but this year I realized I did not disagree with is that it really disheartens you watching games of teams that are tanking. Like, I could watch an Atlanta Hawks-Cleveland Cavaliers game, especially if it's fast-paced, but basically every Golden State Warrior game this year was brutal to watch. And it wasn't just brutal to watch. It was brutal for daily fantasy purposes when you had, like, Juan, Toscano, Anderson, you know, in a starting lineup and you had, you know, four or five guys off the bench that you thought were going to play about the same number of minutes – And for betting purposes, it was like an 11 and a half point line, any team they played. So it was like determining, is that going to be the night they can keep it within 10 or not? And that was when I I decided, you know what, tanking teams do kind of suck. Like the whole experience sucks.
4: Yeah. I mean, so I I guess from the other perspective, um, Juan Toscano Anderson was probably never going to get NBA minutes unless... He was playing for the tanking Golden State Warriors or whoever. So I think, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of... There's reasons that the NBA Players Association kind of likes that stuff because it gets more playing time. I think one solution to this stuff broadly, though, is just NBA teams having a minor league affiliate. So, like, every... right now every nba team does not have a g league affiliation most of them do but not all of them some of them actually this is actually true some of them actually share a, min- yes. a, a g league affiliate with yes. other teams so that means you know you're going to have guys getting minutes from mm-hmm. one of the major league organizations and then and and it just you know it, it's it's just sort of a messy way that the system is set up i think every professional league should have some sort of minor league setup, you know, to, to make life easier on those guys and to make development, you know, a little bit better for some of these guys. And, uh, that, uh, you know, that could be another potential benefit that we could get from this coronavirus layoff is it's going to just give teams more time to think more times to plan. Like it's just, it's going to give these organizations time to take stock of themselves. Ricky.
6: Yeah. I think that that makes some sense. And, uh, I mean, I'm thinking more and more about this concept of them playing the tournament. And the more I think about it, I just I just don't think it it would work. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of all the scenarios of the bad teams. I'm just thinking of myself being the players. I mentioned that Weissman uh, example. There's a bunch of guards and all these teams need guards. So I don't mean to disregard you, but the no, more no. I th- go ahead, Pacheco.
5: No, it's 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 completely fine. Like you can you can disagree a hundred percent with the take. I'm I'm just thinking like, you know, that year where Zion was going to be the top pick, like, you know, the, the Knicks would want to be all over. The, there were teams that would want to be all over, like a LeBron James type. It, it's not going to happen every year, of course, because these guys are, are generation and generational type of talents, but that's why you have the tournament every year there's gonna be you know another zion one day and teams are gonna want in on that i i realize that uh, a tournament is probably not the most optimal idea but for me it solves the the biggest issue in the nba right now which really is tanking i i really just i really dislike it strongly and how many times have we rostered draymond green uh, I mean, at one point you had to stop rostering Draymond Green because you didn't know if he was going to play 20 minutes or his typical, you know, 30 plus when he was with Steph and and Clay and and Kevin Durant. Like it, it, it makes it really tough, uh, not just for daily fantasy, but as you had mentioned as well, Ricky, for betting purposes as well.
6: Well, how about this? How about a tournament where the teams you play around Robin and maybe the teams with the three best records are guaranteed the top three picks in one in one way or another. And it's not just like the winner of a tournament Um, you know, ends up with the first pick. I think that could be something that would be interesting to me where you're not playing for one specific player, but you do want to be competitive to know that you'll be up there in terms of, you know, who you land. So guys don't have to be overly concerned that they're playing for like the one specific guy who's going to get their gig, but they are playing knowing that they're going to get a franchise player the next year to help take them to the next level. I think that takes your idea and solves it a little, although still not perfect.
4: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to play for a better team? Like, I I, I would imagine that, you know, J- I would imagine that, you know, Jaleel Okafor and Czech Diallo, like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're going to lose some minutes with Zion but we get to play for a better team. Like those guys literally Jaleel Okafor and check Diallo have never played for a winning basketball team in their (laughs) life. They they never have been on a roster that won more games than they lost. And this season they were playing meaningful basketball in Mm -hmm. February for the first time ever. And, and I think that if you, if I think that selling point, cause like, these guys are are more competitive than we give them credit for. Like, yes, I would imagine on a lot of bad teams, guys don't care. They're only out there for their stats. But, like, when you're put into a winning situation, I think these guys care a lot more about winning than we give them credit for. So I think that does kind of, you know, I I think that plays in. I, I, um... I, what about okay? What about this? What if, what if we took it a step further, Pacheco? The mm-hmm. G League teams play a tournament. You, if you finish in the lottery, so you finish mm-hmm. in the, the top 14 picks, your G League team plays for the, plays for the rest of it. What do, we, what do we think about that?
5: Wow, that would be uh, that would be that would be really interesting, though. Assuming that every team at this point has a G League affiliate, right? That, that would be understood. Like every team, um, every team represented in the tournament has to have a, a G league affiliate
4: so i I believe that as it is set up now, yeah. most there I think there's like three or four teams that do not have a G league affiliate right now. I'd have to go I'd have to go look up the exact numbers, but that mm-hmm. is that is my my basic understanding is that most teams do have a G league affiliate.
5: So your idea is instead of the uh, the regular NBA teams playing, it would be the G league teams playing for the for the teams is that is that accurate
4: yes exactly
5: yeah i think that would be uh i think that would be really interesting it would also incentivize the 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 g league players to you know to give it their all and put the spotlight on them
4: so it would incentivize franchises obviously to have a have you know a a g league affiliate it would incentivize them to hire good coaches it would incentivize them to have you know excellent training facilities uh, you know, just all this stuff for the G League players like I think this is a a huge and it, it basically would uh, what it would actually do, though, is because it it seems like got, we've already seen. Uh, I forget the name of the kid. There was some kid being recruited by Kentucky who's actually, yeah. just like, you know what? No, I'm just going to go play in the G League for five hundred thousand dollars. Like it could it could pretty much crush NCAA basketball if if this happened.
5: Yeah, that that was a thing, and I was gonna mention that uh, as well because that was a, a really big thing against the NCAA. And I wonder if this is where the future takes us, um, uh, as far as players uh, that are gonna want to go into college instead of going to college, why not just go straight into having a shot in the in the NBA, go play for the G League, and make some money out of it? I, I mean, that would I, I think to me that seems like it's a, a a future idea but it's happening in the present uh, as you mentioned davis with this kid being recruited to college and it seemed like he was a really good prospect all of a sudden he forgoes the ncaa and is going to go straight into the g league
4: yeah i mean it just so it just i i it, it's just one of my things that i wish that the g league was a bigger deal that that teams took it more seriously that they dedicated more resources to it Um, So I just I am very much on board with this as a as a potential solution, Ricky.
6: Yeah, I would love to see. uh, I mean, just if I had to do it at this point, knowing how, I don't know, immoral the NCAA can be at times and Mm -hmm. knowing I was going to be a top prospect, I would like to go straight to getting paid through the G League route as opposed to going to play in college like. Playing in college, sure you get a scholarship, sure there's probably some money under the table, but getting a full time salary doing what you love and having a clear shot, you know, path to the NBA. Uh, I think as you mentioned, that is happening in the present. The guy's name, by the way, was Jalen Green. Uh, Jalen Green, former, that's right the former Kentucky recruit. And I wonder if this starts a trend where guys, instead of going to play in Europe, will just go straight to the G League. And I would love to see that because, again, I think that's what I would be doing in this day and age, knowing how little that the NCAA really cares about my well-being or anything other than money. Uh, I would be looking out for myself. So I hope Jalen Green starts a, starts a trend where we start to see – You know, we used to, to see straight from high school to the pros – they outlawed that. I would like to see that kind of just start up again and just give the choice to the kids. Yeah, I-, I
4: mean, I would. I I I am all about the the free choice. I'm all about, especially because the NCAA. You know, it's just it's just not a good organization. Like this organization doesn't look out for the kids. Those kids are are not fairly compensated. Uh, they don't, a lot of the times are not even given like you know legitimate insurance if something happens to them. Like it's just they are a lot of the times these kids are just set up to make money for someone else. And I would love if they had the option to go and make you know good good mid six figure salaries to go play in the g league and be you know in a more like societally uh like you know positive environment basically
5: let me remind you guys zion got hurt playing a game for duke and uh like that could have derailed his nba career i mean he didn't start playing for the pelicans until the second half of the season and like they had to like I don't know if you guys remember this, but they have to like reteach them how to like run properly. And like, like just do like, it kind of blew my mind that that's where they had to take things for Scion to, you know, get back to being fully healthy and have like a, like a normal ish uh, NBA career. And this kind of happened because he got hurt in Duke. So if he wasn't getting paid, imagine if that just derailed his career completely. Like if I was a, a prospect, Forget the NCA. Let, let me get let me just go get paid right away and, and have a straight shot into the NBA. I would much prefer that.
4: Yeah. And I think I think, uh, you know, the reason why it hasn't happened in the past is just there was not the money available. I mean, even going to go play like in Italy, which is what Brandon Jennings did. There's a lot of complications with that. The salaries mm-hmm. are fine there. They're not great. Um, obviously, you know a lot of people just don't even want to move from the United States of America. They're they're scared. They don't yeah. they you know there just is a lot of reasons to want to stay in the states. And you know there's always some worry like, you know I I get injured over there. Maybe I maybe I'm bad over there because I'm playing against a bunch of grown men. You know like mm-hmm. there just there are a lot of reasons why uh, prospects would not like to do that. Where I don't think that is true. If this if this just became the norm for the G League, Ricky, like if they were just like you're a top tier prospect you get you know $550,000 for for a year um i i think what would get complicated though is that um the team that coaches them right so the, the roster that they're on we actually saw this happen with um the 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 Golden State Warriors center mm-hmm. is when you're when you're on that team's G League affiliate and you play well and they have all your medicals they really want you to play for their actual roster and i would imagine that we would see some sort of complications or weird stuff happen from like basically being an independent contractor underneath the umbrella of you know the bulls or the magic or the bucks or whatever
6: yeah i think there would have to be draft rights specified for which team takes you in that in that scenario if you're going straight from college and you're uh you're sort of a draft pick i think you have to be you know, it has to be specified which team you're on. And you can't be a normal G League player who, like you mentioned, you know, there's multiple ownerships for a team. Either team could potentially call you up. I think if it went that route, we would have to, A, expand the G League for every team to have their own team so we could know who's who plays for who. Um, and, again, I think if we went the route where we were doing G League tournaments – Uh, I just kind of had a funny thought that like if that basically, you know, decided anything for draft picks, can you imagine like 1990 Michael Jordan, like sitting back and watching his G League affiliate try to play for like the next Scotty Pippen? Like he would put a mustache on and check in as some random G League guy because he would he would not leave that up to chance.
4: (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. So we're going to go ahead and head into break real quick. And we'll be back in just a few minutes.
7: DailyRoto.com.
4: Alright everyone, hello and welcome back from break here on Daily Roto TV on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddox, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco. Uh we just had our first little segment there discussing uh, you know, ways that the NBA might return, ways that the G-League could be restructured when the NBA comes back. I think that I think that there is a lot of incentive for the NBA to take a look at how it recruits players, how they treat younger players. Um, but you know, we we gotta talk about something even more important, guys, which is just, you know, how have we been able to pass the time and still be involved in our favorite hobby, which is of course gambling, you know, you know, wagering on the future outcomes of uh, events that are not, uh, not for certain. So, so Ricky, how, what have you been doing to uh, to pass the time, bud?
6: I've been waiting to tell this story. Um, the other day on WhatsApp with my college buddies, uh, I think it was on a Friday night. My my friend said that he was going to play beer pong with his wife. And he thought it was just, you know, him telling us what he's doing for the night. And I said, you know what, I'll put, you know, the over-under at two and a half. And my friend started to say, like, you know what, I'll take that. Uh, so I I was, you know, immediately clicked, like, look, I'm going to bookie this event. Like, we got to make something of this. I am so bored. And just how pathetic my life has become is I sat there updating lines constantly for these this best of three game of beer pong where the husband was listed at minus two and a half cups. The wife was at plus two and a half. Uh, I set the line so he was the big favorite because in my fraternity, he was a well-known, very good beer pong player uh, and wanted everyone betting him because I made him like minus 200 and I gave her plus odds. Uh, just to make it seem like he was the gigantic favorite and he only ended up winning by two cups in that first game. So in the matter of like a half hour, it went from just a funny idea to literally 12 guys streaming on Twitch. Uh, my friend and his his wife playing beer pong in their basement and I made 40 bucks quickly and I, I went to adjust the lines for the next game to kind of, you know, make sure I was making money either way. Uh, and my friends kind of gave up, but it, I mean, these are the sort of things that, that I have loved doing. It's just, if you and someone is going to, to, you know, do any sort of event, like I played NBA 2K with my fiance, and we ended up uh, trying to do that on Periscope, even though, you know, I was technologically terrible uh, and the, the view was awful. My friends started betting on that. So anything you do with your significant other or anything like that has become something to gamble on just because we have nothing else. We have the NFL draft. We have foreign sports, But give me, you know, a contest with people I know and I will be the house and I will find a way to set odds. And by the way, I think two and a half cups for the better significant other, regardless of gender. I'm not saying uh, the wife can't be the better beer pong player. Honestly, my 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 girlfriend would
4: be way better than me. She should she would definitely be favored by two and a half over me. I am I am egregiously terrible at, uh, at beer pong.
6: Yeah, I consider myself coordinated, and somehow I just can't get the ball in the cup. So I think my fiancé would be uh, favored by two and a half as well. But get that going, and I, I think if you guys get that on Twitch, you could get some action.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, well, okay, what's uh, what's worse, Pacheco? Gambling on your friend's beer pong tournament or the outlaw tour?
5: Oh my god, it, it probably has to be the outlaw tour. <laughs> it has to be the outlaw tour. I mean, I
4: sure. I honestly, I got to say, I have been very impressed with what they've done for the outlaw tour. Now yeah. we so we are now under a month of this being or I think even 3 weeks of this being offered on DraftKings and mm-hmm. we now have live scoring done set up for it. You know, you can you can download an app and you can follow live scoring and they even now are are broadcasting on Periscope. You can you can watch these events happen on Periscope, and it and and so for those who don't know, um, you know the the Outlaw Tour is basically a, a golf tour where you have to pay to enter these tournaments. I think it's like a three hundred and seventy-five dollar entry fee to uh, to play in these tournaments, and uh, you know, I think I think first place is generally like four thousand dollars or something like that, and uh, you know, like basically, it's it's minor league golf. It's super minor league golf. And the reason why it's allowed to happen in Arizona is uh, is because golf is deemed an essential business there. And uh, you know, it's a it's I gotta say, it's it's enjoyable to track. Like it, it's been nice to have golf back in my life, Ricky.
6: <laughs> How many contestants have there been? Because I have missed that in terms of DFS, but I might have to get in on it.
4: Um. So. We uh, I believe the average field so it can change, obviously, because it's just like, oh, I want to play or I don't want to play. I think the average field has been like 40 to 50 guys and they play it. uh, There's no cut or anything. So so all the prize pools are just like uh, showdowns, like showdown on DraftKings.
6: So are there just like, you know, ringer kids who show up and just have the money and, you know, shoot nines every hole?
4: Uh, there are, there was someone this week who shot, uh, plus 27. (laughs) uh, Um, so there are, there are some good golfers, um, guys who have played Alex Cheka, who is like a former PGA pro randomly played some of these, but also it's like, I think Blake Wheeler who plays for the Winnipeg Jets happens to have an off season home in Arizona and he's been playing. So like, it's, it's literally just. You live in Arizona, you have a car, you can get to the golf course, and you have $375 you can play. Oh, that's I, amazing.
5: I guess this is just like real PGA, isn't it, Davis, in, in terms of you're just lighting your money on fire. I mean, I could have all the statistics in the world on these guys, and, and I would want to, but ultimately I'm just lighting my money on fire because I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I'm looking at here.
4: Uh, I mean, they're just, I mean, that's the thing is there, there really is not any, um, there's just not a ton of data out there on these guys, you know, randomly you can find a couple of these guys. Maybe they have official world golf rankings because they, uh, you know, because here or there, they have played in a, a web.com event, uh, a a Jap, a Japan tour event, you know, something, something along those lines, but, uh, you know, nothing, uh, nothing, you know, too extreme. What's, uh, what about, Fortnite, Pacheco, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get Fortnite DFS for for paid prizes? It's all available on FanDuel now mm-hmm. for free rolls. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get paid prizes?
7: So,
5: I uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about it like right away. Um, pretty much, Fortnite just wrapped up their FNCS, like their championship series, where I could have seen draftings and FanDuel kind of tap into that and um, and make it a thing. But now that that's over and it's not going to come back until like the summer, so like June, July-ish at best, I don't see how they can make it work because there's just not going to be enough tournaments going around um, for you to draft players. So I, as much as I would love the idea for it to happen right away, I, I don't see how they can make it work in an optimal way. By the way, I, I wanted to say... Uh, in an earlier segment um, when we were talking about the NBA and, and we don't have to change subjects, um, I just wanted to throw out a, a long shot NBA futures bet that I had. Oh, uh, give it. So, and give I it. know you love these, Davis. Um, so I pretty much, when I was doing this Sports grade article, I didn't really think any of the teams that were priced, you know, after the Sixers at plus 2200 I didn't really think they'd have a shot, right? So... Denver at plus 3,000, Utah plus 3,000, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I didn't really think those guys had a, a chance at the NBA, uh, you know, the championship trophy at the end of the day. I think Dallas at 40-1 at to 1 is really, really interesting. You know, do they have the depth to make it work? Probably not. Um, no, despite- I, I, I
4: think that's actually their edge because they go deep with, twelve guys who are NBA basketball players. You know, you get down you get down to, you know, I mean even even like Bobin, you know, ten ten minutes a night, like that's gonna be better than most people's backup centers. Uh, you know, if we if we assume pretty much everyone on that roster is healthy other than uh didn't JJ Bread like like do something yeah. to his Achilles right before yes. right before the layoff. So so other than Brea, you know, I, I mean I think they have ten, eleven, twelve like legit NBA players.
5: Well that that's true, but like once you get into the NBA playoffs, the the depth is almost irrelevant, right? Because you're mostly playing, you know, eight nine guys tops, nine tops. I mean, you're you're typically not playing nine plus uh, in in that sort of format. um The question is, do they have a really really good, you know, eight to nine? They do have Luca, and they do have uh, Porzingis. And my main reasoning behind this is. Obviously, we know Luca at this point is an absolute superstar, and he's in his second year in the NBA. But poor Zingas was the guy that a lot of us were a bit gun shy on uh, at the beginning of the season because he was recovering from that ACL injury. He didn't really look right. And then this dude just turned it on and started clicking with Luca. So, I am very confident in their top two. In fact, I'm I'm just as confident as their, in their top two as I am with pretty much any of the other teams that are heavily favored. So I thought at forty to one in this layoff, I, I thought they were a really interesting bet uh, for for them to win the championship.
4: Yeah, I uh, I I like that one. That one uh, that one's pretty interesting to me. I think for me, I think if we're thinking that this is going to be you know a, a best of three series, super rushed format. I'm I'm all on board on your Celtics. That would be that would be you know my my uh, my favorite choice for sure. Uh, Ricky, have you have you played uh, League of Legends DFS or CSGO, DFS or any of that stuff?
6: I haven't. Unfortunately, I'm a boomer. I've only heard of Fortnite through South Park, basically, uh, and maybe some <laughs> commercials. Uh, yeah, I mean. I I actually have, I think I've played a few times on crowns on DraftKings of League of Legends and just thrown name on guys. I, I believe one of the names was Balls and I had to play a guy named Balls just if only for college me, you know, getting a, a tiny little laugh inside. But besides that, I mean, Pacheco has been our League of Legends guy and I've kind of dipped in on the Daily Roto Slack chat a few times to see, you know, how you approach these. And I know there's some some stacking strategy to it and I tried it on my own like undercover without telling anyone and it didn't go great. So I've been kind of sticking to what I know, which during this time has been NFL draft betting and not trying to just, you know, lose money to lose money without knowing anything about these quote unquote sports.
4: Pacheco, what is what is Call of Duty DFS gonna be like? So it's gonna it's gonna go off on Friday, April 24th for the first time i i've been playing league of legends i've been playing cs go which by the way CS:GO is not fun it is like to me i think yeah. it's it is the most boring mm-hmm. video game to like i can't even imagine playing it it because it, it's like yeah. what it's like uh at this point it's like an eight-year-old video game or whatever like i mean why even is CS:GO so popular as um you know like as a as a esport like what like what is the reasoning for that
5: well, for, for starters, it's it's a shooter's game and it's a shooter game that, that is simplified into can, can you get kills and, and ultimately, you know, can you get the, uh, I believe they play like a, it's like a, like a domination type where you have to like um, capture the flag type of thing um, at the competitive level. So, like, those aspects makes it really interesting for the, for the competitive side. Obviously, Davis, from an entertainment standpoint, you're 100% right. Like, it's just not it's not great to watch. And also, it's such an older game that graphics-wise, it just it really doesn't do it justice. So, for example, a game like Call of Duty, which at, at this point, they're in their, what, 100th Call of Duty game. G- graphic-wise, it's a much more appealing game. Uh, to, to simply just sit there and watch um, how it would work from an esports standpoint, I'm, I'm really interested to see that as well. They could pretty much play like see as uh, like Counter Strike, um, where you're either capturing the flag or just trying to get a, a, as mu- as many kills as possible, and obviously it's a shooter game, so that is going to be the the ultimate goal. But frankly, I think it, it might be more appealing to watch simply because um, they're just at a completely different level with their graphics, and I, I think. It makes it a more appealing product to watch. I 100% agree with you, Davis. It really—we were all pushing for Counter Strike to be a, a thing for DFS, and I'm, I'm glad that DK is on board with it. But I don't even think their scoring is is like perfect well, they, at this they, point. They
4: finally—they finally changed the scoring. So, like Ricky, right. for, for those of you who have not been sweating it, basically there was a what they called a game level adjustment. For uh for CSGO and it just it just made it unfollowable because yeah. it was like a multiplication of the guy's score based uh. on how long a game was taking. <laughs> it, it would be like it would be like if you were sweating an NBA game and if the game took an indeterminate amount, or actually it would be like if a guy was playing more minutes, his score would actually get multiplied downward. Is basically it, it was basically uh. like per minute scoring was kind of how it worked and it just i mean it was horrible it was like it was the worst sweat no one no one was enjoying it
5: and also yeah. the live scoring didn't really work right so like they yeah, would update scores like hours after
4: so yeah whatever. the the games you know would be done And then you'd be sitting there an hour after all of the contests were over and you'd just be sweating it, trying to figure out, like, you had no idea if you were, you know, if you were winning or losing or anything. Um, They've worked on that a little bit. I I mean, I will just say, uh, competitive CSGO, competitive League of Legends none of them were ready for all of this attention, right? Like they just, yeah. they like uh, the, the, the Chinese league of legends professional league, they were not ready for their Twitch streams to have a million and a half views. You know, they just, they just were not, they were not ready for all of the people that were going to be paying attention to it. They, they've started to, they started to figure it out a little bit. I, I, last week some of the streams just started to go down because too many too many people were watching them so the streams were just crashing because there were too many people trying to like log on and watch these matches and it, it's so funny like Pacheco the the chat boxes will just be like people who've like hardcore watched League of legends for five years and they know everything and then it's just people who come in and they're like Oh, I have I have B on my DraftKings team and I need him to stop dying so much. He's not he's not getting me enough points. And it's just I don't know. I I like I like competitive League of Legends. I uh, yeah. you know I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun and I think um, you know, everyone should I, I would encourage people to Give it a chance. Maybe, maybe not so much the outlaw tour, you know, the outlaw tour. I I think, (laughs) I think competitive league of legends is actually uh, a little bit better. All right, Ricky, give me one activity. People should try and quarantine if they haven't yet very quick.
6: Oh, I was just going to add that when are we getting DFS Mario Kart? Because I think that applies to this and it applies to basically everything. Uh, That would be something that I would play. Give me a professional group of guys or give me the outlaw tour of Mario Kart where I can, you know, kind of join on my own and and be, I can even roster myself. And I think that's the way you, you win over quarantine. Give us Mario Kart. Give us a game that everyone wants to play.
4: All right, there we are, everyone. Thank you for watching the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid. For Ricky and Chris, this is Davis Maddox signing off, and we will see you back tomorrow.
7: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.